Right. Welcome, everyone, to Fast Lips Podcast, episode 49. I've got back with me uh, Chris Dinardi Chainsaw. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for coming on the second time. Thanks a lot, Fast. Appreciate it. Glad to be back. Awesome. So we were just saying uh, off air, there's quite a few changes over the last couple of weeks in terms of shows and show dates. So do you want to talk us through what's happened and then also how that's affected your plans? Um, so they, they pushed USA's back. Um, they had already pushed, pushed back like Masters, Nationals and some other shows. And then um, I think it was like last Friday, uh, a little over a week ago, they pushed USA's back to December. And it's on the same date as the USA Masters, which was new last year. So it's kind of cool that those two are together because it's kind of like the North Americans and the, the Masters Nationals is with the North Americans. So they're together. Um, but that that's pushed back. And North Americans, I don't know. I'm like nervous that's going to get pushed back too, to be honest. So right now, as far as my plans, I mean, we're looking more at Nationals. Um so we're still going to pull down for a little bit. Hopefully in like six weeks, we'll know for sure what's going to happen. Then if we wanted to do North Americans, that would be an option. Um, but nationals is three weeks before the new date for USA's, which I think is USA's is now the December 9th to the 11th. Wow. Um, and the nationals is three weeks before that. So it would give us the shot at nationals. Um, the way I look at it, like I really want to turn pro this year. Um, I'm going to be 35 in another few weeks and I want to have a few years to compete as a pro. And I think I can do pretty well once we get there. Um, so it gives me basically four opportunities in three weeks to turn pro. Cause I have the, the two pro cards yeah. as the top two in the supers at nationals. And then you have the USA um, and then the masters part of that. I could do the 35 plus if I really wanted to, that's not the way I want to turn pro. Well, yeah, what's your thoughts on that, um, the 35-plus category? Because that's that applies to me as well. So I, I don't know. really think it's a master's class. And yeah. to be honest, I just – I never – because a lot of guys are, like, in their peak. I mean, I think, like, 35 to 40 is, like, a peak for yeah, a lot yeah, of It's a good age, yeah. That, that age group, I mean, mm. there's a lot of guys that are close to that too. So um, I don't really see it as, like, master's. Yeah. But there are – there's plenty of guys. I mean, there's guys like Josh Wade that turned pro as master's and – have done really well yeah so i mean i think you can turn pro as a master and, and do well i just i think i'm good enough to turn pro in the open and that's what i want to do so that that's the big goal but we'll see what happens and it just gives us some options you know yeah okay great um so if we look let's say is it shows are in december um what's your loose sort of plan you said you're going to carry on pulling down so um are, are you just going to play it by ear because you, you know is, is that this plan just see how it goes uh, so we're going to pull down for like six weeks. I mean, Alex wants to get me like in the 270s, like 275 to 280 range. Okay. Um, see how we look right there. And then we'll know for sure. So if, if we're looking real good and North Americans is definitely a go and I could actually get the time off from work, then we might pull the trigger on that and just continue. Um, if not, we would basically fill back out for like a four to six weeks. Um, not get sloppy, keep tight, kind of pull pull gear completely out pretty much, um, take a good break, and then we would be able to prep after taking a break, having a period off, probably be closer to 290 again, which is kind of right where I am. I'm a little less than that right now. That makes but sense because that, that would leave you at about September time 
and then you'd be give you a good few months to to get down. Which would be perfect. Yeah, we we want to have like fourteen weeks. Okay. Yeah. Two ninety in better condition than I was this past time at two ninety. You know. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. I mean, it's a, it's a big shame, uh, but it, it's just the, the way of the world at the moment. Um, another another sort of big shame was um, the death of Luke Sandow a couple of days ago. Um, that's I mean that's another so it's certainly another suicide in in my sort of circle of people I know over the last few years. Um, yeah, I don't know. F- firstly, what are your thoughts on that? It's horrible. Uh, it hit me really hard, actually. Um, I, I never met Luke. I don't know Luke. I just followed him. And, like, yeah. uh, the emotional effect that I had right off the bat, I was like, wow. Like, I, I, I really connected with this guy, you know? Um, yeah. He just – he seemed like such a happy guy. And, like, he had so much love and, and, and passion for bodybuilding and life. And, like, he was very well balanced. He – he seemed like he loved being a father. He loved being a bodybuilder. I mean, he had it, he had it made essentially as a bodybuilder. I mean, he had it to the level that most guys dream of. I mean, he had an awesome contract with Redcon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just getting to do what he, what he loved to do and uh, travel the world. And he had like his best friends in his corner. Um, he had a really good support system. It seemed like, and uh, it was just really unexpected. I think for all of us on the outside, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts that Fuad did after with, with Ben and, um, and James, but Ben obviously has another side of it being his best friend. Yeah. Uh, he said there's a lot more to Luke than kind of we saw, mm. but it, it was completely shocking and uh, it's really sad. And I hope that for one, I hope that more people are able to talk about things um, from this. I hope maybe anyone that's struggling is able to reach out to people they know and um, I've posted what I've seen other people post. Like if you have something going on, you're struggling to deal with something, you're thinking thoughts you shouldn't be thinking and you just want to talk to someone like there's plenty of us out there, especially in this bodybuilding community willing to to listen or talk with you, you know? Um, so I, I hope that we continue to remember him and we have something in his name going forward, I feel like that's something that gets lost. Like I, I, we didn't do that with Dallas. Like what happened? I mean, Dallas is, has passed this young kid and I feel like we don't have anything to continue to remember him by. Like there should be still like a foundation or like a show in his name, something for these guys to, to remember them. That's just, I mean, that's my thoughts. I mean, I feel like they influence so many people that it's kind of the least we can do. Yeah, I think what you said right at the beginning about it hitting you hard, that, that was the exact words that I used as well when I, uh, when I was talking about it with a friend of mine. I don't know why this hit me so hard because when, when Dallas passed, it was, it, was, I didn't, it was different for me. And, I, and when celebrity, I'm not really one of those type of people who gets upset when celebrities pass away. I mean, I understand, I sympathize, of course, but this really did hit me hard. And I'm still feeling it today. Um, it's I don't again I can't put my finger on it. Perhaps it's because I've listened to him and watched him so much. Perhaps it was because he's he was so out of the blue. Um, I don't know what it was, but he was a very relatable guy as well. He's he's the type of humor he had was very relatable. You know, like great comedians had say yeah. jokes which you which you kind of you say oh, I do that myself, yeah. and you can relate to his life. Um, and like you said, you know, he, it seemed from the outskirts that he had everything going for him. But I suppose when with situations like this, the mindset that a person has to be in to do what he did, which I think is confirmed now, to do what he did. Um, it, it's hard. To, I, I guess we're not going to, you and I aren't really going to be able to understand that. 
it's yeah, it's hard to imagine someone being at that point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I guess that's why it's it's so difficult to to kind of make sense of it because on the outside it looked like he, from 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 every aspiring bodybuilder it looked like he had it made. He had yeah. the contract. He had the not just the contract, but he had the popularity, so he could capitalize on that popularity. He had everything. But I guess when you're in that state of mind, it, it, that's the only logical solution um i don't know i just I, I suppose i don't want to speculate too much about that because they might come across disrespectful to some people but i think i think we can both agree you know it's it's just an absolute tragedy yeah and i, I mean i feel for his children the most I yeah mean, i think that's why it, it might have hit me so hard too is because i mean for one he must have he was a very young father and i think he handled it pretty well yeah and he had a 15 year old daughter and an eight-year-old son and um like he was one thing that was really impressive to me is, I mean, anyone that's had children with a woman they're not with, it's not always easy to have a good relationship there. Sure. And he always talked about how his kid's mother was like his best friend. Yeah. And he would be able to go do things with them together. And it was like not an issue. It didn't have to be a romantic thing. They were able to just be good friends and, and co-parent together, yeah. which I think says a lot about his character. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he whatever it was ben i saw the little piece that ben did on his instagram stories and he said a lot of the problems stemmed from before bodybuilding um, yeah. you know it was just his past demons and so it's, yeah. it's it's just a damn shame it really is a damn shame i just it's just completely threw me out i had my own bad news on um on thursday when i went home and i picked up my phone um and i saw that and I, this is just the worst day ever so I just, yeah it was terrible absolutely awful but um yeah, so we um, we talked last time quite a lot about um, your bodybuilding, yeah. your current plans for competition. Obviously, they've changed. And I would discuss that. So, if we if we sort of crack back on with with some of the um, the better questions, and I suppose this is quite a nice offshoot from what we've just talked about with Luke is um, who are your favorite people in bodybuilding? So, if we look at just your favorite people amongst your circle in bodybuilding, I guess amongst my circle. So not necessarily professionals, but people. That yeah, we'll we'll go on to we'll right. go on to that after. Yeah, favorite. Um, my favorite. Uh, well, obviously Alex would be one as my coach. Um, like I said it before, I mean I talk all day about Alex. I just I just think the world of the guy, and uh, you know we have a great friendship and all that. I've learned a lot from him, bodybuilding wise and life wise, and so I just appreciate that friendship, man, and what he's done for me as a coach and where we've brought my physique. Um, another guy I really respect is, uh, Nate, Nate Spear, obviously. Um, I think we're pretty relatable. Uh, we have somewhat, some similarities in the background and like our philosophy on training and just, he's very blue collar, hardworking. And I have a lot of respect for that. And, uh, he's always been really cool talking with him and he's one of those guys that you can want to compete with and want to beat. But at the same time, like, I mean, I did horrible last year at North Americans, but the first thing I did was I went over to Nate because he was, he was right there in that mix. And I said, congratulations, man, awesome job. Like, that was a good type of, like, camaraderie that we're able to have. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys that you're able to do that with because he's competitive but can also motivate others too. Um, another guy – that I know in my circle. Uh, honestly, probably Brian Philbin, who's uh, yep. he's an amateur too. And um, Brian more so just because the 
type of family man he is. He's always really impressed me as a father and like how he's able to bring his family together into fitness. Um, he's treated me like a friend since we've met, like they, his whole family comes over for my kids' birthday parties and stuff like All that. Right. Um, they've always been very generous and very nice. And plus he trains his ass off and uh, he just loves bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah I've seen his uh, stories when he's going out on treks with his, uh, his kids and his wife. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. I like that. And they're all in the gym together as well. So yeah. Yeah. And they all train together. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, and uh, what about your, your favorite bodybuilders? Um, uh, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are really like, um, my favorite, it's between Ronnie and Dorian. Right. I would probably go with Dorian because of the mental side of things. I like that you said Ronnie because not many people say Ronnie. They, a lot of people say Jay, uh, you know, but yeah, I, cause, but yeah, up there, but yeah, so Yates. Okay. I like that. What, what, Yates probably more so because of the mental side. He'd probably be number one, um, just his approach. And another thing I really respect is what he's done since bodybuilding. You see so many guys that like trying to stay huge and stay on all this gear and just eating this insane amount of food, like into their fifties and stuff. And it's like, it's just not smart, man. Like anytime you're that heavy and that big, it's going to be a bigger stress on your body. So he's been very smart with getting out, downsizing, doing more functional fitness stuff, enjoying bike rides with his wife and stuff like that. Like it's hard to do that. I think for a lot of people, but personally, I just believe that's the way to go. Like, he sort of, he sort of, forever, you know, he sort of read, he sort of redefined himself, hasn't he? Like redefined yeah. who he is as a person. Yeah. Um, I've I've heard lots about Dorian because the gym that I did most of my hard training at, um, he he was trained there, and he's about it's about I live about an hour away from the original Temple Gym, so oh, within okay. within the community, it's they all the old guys knew him, and they they were they remembered when he came up. And um, it was just this sort of kid out of nowhere. And yeah. he just went in and all these guys were on the circuit for a long time. And he just went through the ranks and demolished everyone. And um, yeah. they used to go get excited. So let's go train with him. And it would be him, Vince Taylor, if you remember him. Yeah. Not Vince, Ernie Taylor, sorry. Ernie, Ernie Taylor, Taylor from yeah. Birmingham. So he was in Birmingham. Uh, Dorian was, was obviously uh, in Birmingham as well. And then there was Dennis Francis, if you remember him. Uh, from Leicester, he was a lesser-known pro, but I've seen him face to face. There's a picture of me and him on my on my Instagram. But uh, he was he was when I met him, he was about sixty years old anyway. But yeah. um, he took his shirt off um, in in the gym change rooms. Holy shit, Chris! I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like yeah. he looked like pro material. Like I've never seen anything like that at sixty. Yeah. And my yeah. my jaw dropped. Like literally, you know, people say, "Oh, it is jaw dropping." My jaw literally dropped. I was looking at him like. Yeah. And um, the, the gym owner, Mick, turned around to me and said, imagine that, but four stone heavier. And I was like, fuck. But he just looked tremendous. Like, it was like muscles were just moving around underneath his skin. Like he was like an alien. I've never seen anything like it. And he thought, <laughs> you talk about pro quality, that was pro quality. Yeah, and I was, I was blown away. I thought, holy shit, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And this guy is, is he's 60 years old. In his prime, he must have been tremendous. Yeah. Um, but So he was up there anyway. And then Dorian was down here with Ernie Taylor, and there was a lot of the guys from Derby on who never made it to Pro, but on the amateur circuit were really good. A lot of the guys I used to train with, like Windell and, and a few of them, and they used to just go around to each other's gyms and train and all that kind of stuff. So they, they yeah, tell these, cool. these stories. It must have been fucking awesome back in oh, the yeah. day. Yeah, it was it's a great time for volleyball, man. Yeah, yeah. So they told me all those stories and 
all the way. That, and it was the gym that I trained at was set up just like Dorian's gym. So all the equipment, you know, the Dorian row, uh, yeah. the, the, the same type of hack squat, which is like fairly upright. Yeah. Uh, the hardcore all-star leg press, the, the one-arm row and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that was, they, the, the gym owner was just, we, oh, we were all obsessed with Dorian. And, and yeah. so the, the, the entire gym was all custom made to look like Dorian's gym. Uh, it was great. And hold the, hold the pullover as well, the classic machine pullover. So yeah, yeah they were good times. Good, uh, what, exactly what's really, what's really cool with Dorian too is like you still see that today. There's like people are still obsessed with the way he trained and his philosophy and and making that better too. Like trying to improve on that. Like I think the most popular training method today, like I was saying, is like the top set and then a back off set, and it's yeah. just kind of a little spin on the way Dorian trained. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way to train. And uh, yeah, he was he was an absolute phenom. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But yeah, like you say, the 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 fact he was so single minded in what he was able to do is translates really well into what he's doing now, and he's just able to redefine himself and do and excel at that, which is great. Yeah, what's impressive too is when you talk to him now, he's able to actually acknowledge that you know what I should have probably backed off here and there, and I should have done things instead of just being so like some people get so stuck in their own philosophy that they can't think outside of it you know even though he's retired now obviously but it's still impressive that he's able to look back at it and, and admit you know what I probably could have been better or, or competed longer if I did it this way or took a little break here and there you know he had he had some of his detractors because of his um sort of choices of like hairstyle and tattoos when he was younger but yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of clarify for the American audience that that wasn't necessarily a political thing when it back in that era because back in that era in in England that wasn't a political statement. It was more of a fashion statement. So yeah, that's what he was saying. Right. Is that what he said? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there was different, different groups. It was sort of rockers and goths and all that kind of stuff. And they, they all kind of dressed the, the same. It was very, um, the, sort of the, the, the community, they kept themselves to themselves. So though his sort of group, that's what they did, but it's not like they went around. They weren't, you know, they weren't like Nazis or anything like that. They, yeah. it was just, it was literally just a fashion statement. And I wanted to kind of just clarify that because he has got his detractors from that, but I don't think a lot of people understand the English culture. That's it. That's yeah, what that it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely wasn't a race sort of thing because it's not like that at all with him. I mean, yeah, I've, yeah. Met, I've, I've met the guy and he, you know, he was perfectly fine. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's second would probably be Ronnie. Yeah. Not because he, he wasn't like, he didn't train in a way that I would want to see anyone train. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't like that type of ballistic movement. And, yeah. But obviously it worked and his genetics were just so insane and he didn't miss anything. Like I still remember Chad Nichols talks about it all the time with, uh, I think it was like the first Olympia they did together. And so he asked him like after he's like, so Ronnie, like how much, did you have off the plan? And Ronnie looked at him like he was just crazy. Yeah. Like, what do, you, what do you mean off the plan? Like he didn't know what that even meant. He's like nothing. He, so he follows the plan to a T without question. You know, he's one of those type of guys. And I think that with the genetics, obviously. And then, I mean, he trained his ass off. I just don't know if it's the best way to train yeah. as far as the form, but he pushed yeah. himself in the gym. He, you know, he killed it. And it was, it was awesome to watch as a kid, some of those lifts and it was motivating. And uh, obviously, he's the greatest Mr. Olympia ever. I think putting into sight his genetics, his work ethic, and also the fact that he spent a good few years natural and powerlifting to build that base. Yeah, I think that I, made a big difference. Yeah, I, I don't think we're – for those three reasons, I don't think we're going to see another Ronnie ever again. 
No, it, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, he, I mean, in natural, he was he was nasty. You know, yeah. <laughs> he was super impressive. Yeah. <laughs> what I lo- what I loved about it though was if you watch the videos of him powerlifting when he's natural, it's all the same mannerisms, just thirty pounds lighter or fifty yeah. pounds lighter. It's like yeah. all, all the same phrases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Third would probably be uh, would be Jay. Yeah. Big fan. Um, and Jay, honestly, you could kind of interchange him. I mean, Jay could be at the top too. I mean, I, I love Jay. He's awesome. He's uh, more for like the ambassador he is and the way he interacts with fans. I mean, I like the way Jay trained. Uh, he was did a lot of volume, but he again, like I said before, he connected with the muscles really well. Yeah. That he was training. Um, <laughs> and he was putting content out before there was social media. I mean, he was doing those. As soon as YouTube started, he was doing videos, his whole preps, you know, and he was doing the DVDs before that. And now even when he's retired, he's doing videos working out in his garage right now. And he's still putting things out to connect with fans. And if you see him at the show, he'll talk to you. He'll actually remember you, which is insane to me. I don't know. Like, he remembers people, you know, and he, like, he'll give people his number. He'll he'll text and call people that – you know, he doesn't really know that well. He just met at a show or whatever. It's it's pretty cool to see someone that goes that far out of their way to connect with fans and, and give back. And uh, I think we need more of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, talking about giving back, I remember a post he had on his Instagram where he was posting about some product or another and somebody said to him, why don't you help people? It's, it's, you know, we're on lockdown, we're on quarantine, all these people are dying, why don't you help people? And Jay was like, just look at my other posts for the last four days. And yeah. the last four days, he'd done four giveaways. Four yeah. giveaways, just off his own back, just giving four of them back to back. I'm like, that's what Jay's about, you know? And I thought yeah, that, that's and, fantastic. I don't think Jay's, Jay's the type that really cares to get the recognition for things that he does. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, he, I'm sure he does a lot for youth organizations in his area and like, and, and football teams and stuff like that and donates and, and even this whole thing with Luke, I mean, and he's the type of guy that could set up his own, his own friggin' fundraiser and or an account for Luke's kids and, and put money in it himself and not say anything to anybody mm-hmm. and never want recognition for that. You know, he's that type of person where he doesn't want to, Oh, look what I did for people. Yeah. Like he's not like that. And Definitely. yet he's still known as someone who does so much for people, you know, and yeah. he doesn't have to talk about it. Yeah, big fan of him. I think he's he's great, and obviously his coach uh, Chris Asito, he had a lot of uh, say in his business sense as well. And yeah. uh, I got I got a lot of time for Chris as well. I think he's very intelligent. Um, I've read his book, um, his very very long book on bodybuilding, which I thought was way ahead of its time considering when yeah, it was written. Definitely great Absolutely. great book. Still very applicable today. Yeah, and and besides the fact Jay being a four time Mister Olympia, but uh, and that was an error against Ronnie. I mean that's yeah. That, that could have interchanged a lot too, you know. I mean, Jay, Jay literally could have won in 01 and it could have been completely different. I mean, he was phenomenal in 01. He, he beat him in pre judging. So, yeah. I mean, and he was ahead to a point that you're not supposed to be able to come back from. So, yeah. Well, they say, they, say, happened, but. they say that was down to contracts, right? So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, well, he there, it could have completely changed things, you know. Well, I remember, I remember, see, those early those early magazines in the early 2000s, it wasn't really about Jay. So I can, I can believe that whole contract thing because oh, yeah, Jay, yeah. Jay wasn't put out then as a champion guy. He was very much like on the side and yeah. um, it was all about Ronnie, all about Dorian. So yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. All right. So um, let's go on to your coaching now. Okay. So you've got some amazing clientele. I've, I've, I always keep a track of your, your stories and stuff and some, some really impressive yeah. physiques. Uh, what are some of your proudest moments as a coach? 
Um, the, my most proud moment, I would say, obviously, is uh, last year with Eric winning the uh, the Cutler. Um, that was just like obviously I won the year before, and then uh, it was only his second show, and after his first show, like I knew what he could do. And even like before we started prep, I was like, you can win the show. I was like, let's go win the show. It wasn't like, Hey, let's go place top three or, you know, or let's go win your class. I'm like, no, we're going to go win the show. That was the goal the whole time. And uh, it was just cool to see that all the way through to see him through prep. I mean, he had some struggles in prep and we communicate pretty good when we have a really good friendship. So um, we're pretty open with each other and able to help him through some things and, keep things on track and brought his best to the stage. And uh, it was really cool to see the, to see him realize that he could do it when he was there and when he was, when he won. Um, so that was probably my proudest moment as far as like being a coach so far. Yeah. Um, and, and I was really proud of a client that I don't work with anymore, but uh, Ryan Latour, um, just yep. from like what he started at. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but we never had like an off season together until last year. Um, he actually came to me. I mean, he looked like nothing really. Um, probably like four or five months out from competing, I think in 2016. And uh, he won a bunch of junior classes. And then he kind of left because there's other people in the mix too, kind of telling him like, to go with somebody else, um, even though he had won. A lot of people think that if you're not – if you don't have a IFBB pro in front of your name or after your name or whatever, that you're not a coach. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what he was told. So he, he had got, tried someone else and didn't work out with that person and came back, but we didn't have time for an off season. And then he won um, He won his class, actually, the open class. He was, like, second to Peter Golick, who's re a really good bodybuilder. Uh, in the overall at the NPC East Coast. Um, and then he left again. <laughs> but then he then he came back, and we actually had a really good offseason. Uh, he had lost a ton of weight in that time he was gone. So we got him got him filled back up. And uh, I was really proud of him last year and what he was able to do coming back and competing again and uh, just getting that muscle mass back that he had lost. Um, so his overall transformation was really cool to see, uh, especially in the young kid. I mean, he's really focused uh, and locked in on his goals, you know. So it was, it was cool to be a part of. And uh, I was really excited for um, my Eric's girlfriend, my client, Shay. So we're going to have to wait, though, until November since they rescheduled the Boston Pro. But uh, she's she was killing her prep so far. and uh, I, was, I was really pumped about that, so. And I have, I have a lot of lifestyle clients that just have lost weight and just gotten their lives back on track, feeling more energized. That's one of the coolest things. I mean, I have a client, Carlos, that, I mean, he what, he lost over 100 pounds. Wow. I mean, he was he was really overweight. And yeah. I had actually met him. I was working a part-time job at, at GNC, and, like, he'd come in and just started talking with me. And then we met at the gym, and then he started working with me. And – uh he got to a really good spot and uh, I was super impressed and ho hopefully the goal in the future is for him to compete. He, I know he wants to, um, but I was really proud of what, what he's done.
So here's a question, um, which is kind of off the off the menu, but uh, how how is it different with your GenPop clients to your your competing coaching clients? Because I know I have my thoughts on that as well. What about you? What's your experience? How is it different? Um, it depends on the level with the competing clients, because there's in in every I can't generically say it, but for the most part, competitive clients are going to be more locked in, and they can eat the same foods every day, and they're not it's not going to bother them. And the gen pop is going to be like, oh, I want different variations. Can I have a different meal here? You know, can I have some options for meal three? Whatever, whatever it is. Whereas the competitors, like whatever's on the plan, I'm going to eat. You know, but then there are those competitors that uh, struggle with that stuff too. You know, and then there's those people that are gen pop that honestly, it's they could care less and they'll eat the same thing every day too. Yeah. Yep. But in general, that's probably the biggest difference. And just, uh. It's more of just a lifestyle change yeah. for Gen Pop. And there's people that, there's general population people that to get into it and then they're like, oh, I do want to compete. You know, they change their lifestyle and then they realize, hey, I do want to compete. I, I actually really like this, you know. As far as what I tend to do is in terms of my approach, I tend to try and steer my Gen Pop towards bodybuilding nutrition. Is that something you do as well or do you take a different tact with them? I try and still steer everyone towards like body because I, yeah, I just believe the more regimented you can be, the more it you works. can control things. It works. And I would rather, I would rather with like general population people. I have like a couple right now that are just started together last month, and they've both you know dropped a good amount of weight in the first few weeks. But <laughs> the big thing is just getting them on a plan. Yeah, getting them consistent with it, then giving them a few more options here and there. But I want them to for one kind of almost proof to me that they can do it, they can follow it, you know, and prove to themselves that they can do it too. You know, and I think if you start them out in the right direction, they're going to do better with it. I believe, I believe so as well. I think, I think getting them started on something which is regimented like that, it, there's a reason why bodybuilding nutrition, the way that we do things works for the majority of the people out there. There's a reason why it's a time test way of doing things. So, a gen pop guy might argue, well, I'm, I'm just casual, but I need a different approach. But if, if a, for approach to be to approach to be labeled as working, we've got to understand we've got to, it's got to have a proven track record of working with the majority of people when bodybuilding nutrition, it generally does. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, I, I try and do the same thing. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, it's, it's worked for everyone that I've worked with. Um, I mean, I, I used to train in Boston and I mean, I wasn't as into coaching then, but I would still give nutrition plans to certain clients and none of them competed, you know, and it was still the same thing. Um, getting them on a solid plan first. And the, honestly, the plan was more restrictive at first, but you get to kind of find that baseline too, yep. you know, and if you give, if you have all these options or if you do like a, if it fits your macros and your, just throwing random kinds of foods. It's hard to control all those variables at once. Definitely. I would rather control it, find what works. Then you can try some different things, you know, add different things yeah. in. Have you heard of an author called Tom Venuto? No, I haven't. He's a, he's an American uh, bodybuilder who has basically brought bodybuilding to the jet, to the masses. Essentially his okay. entire approach is bodybuilding nutrition and bodybuilding training, but for the gen pop client, which it's just, it's just a very, he's just a very, very good writer, very down to earth, um, very reasonable in his expectations. But um, yeah, he's super famous in those, those types of circles, but um, yeah, the sort of like gen pop circles, but yeah, he's got the bodybuilding philosophy down for, for gen pop, which I think is great. It works very yeah. well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to what are some of you been, what have been some of your biggest challenges as a coach? Um, <laughs> challenges, uh, people not following the plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the, the biggest challenge I think for every coach, it's the same. Uh, people straying from the plan and not admitting it or not knowing it. Yeah. You know, honestly, like the funniest thing about Eric. So <laughs> my client, Eric, the first show we did was the new England's and uh, I think we were like eight weeks out and he was looking pretty good, but like, I was surprised he wasn't kind of losing a little more. And then one day he's like, he's like, Hey, it, it's fine if I have juice at my meals. Right. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought he was messing with me at first, yeah. but he was serious. So, Come to find out, he's been having a glass of juice with six meals a day. <laughs> he could be having 300 grams of sugar on top of that. <laughs> So we, we pulled the juice, yeah. and he was peeled like a week and a half later. You know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old story of mine, but when, when I, many years ago now, I had this client who wanted to gain weight, but he was gaining weight way too fast. And yeah. I said, this is good. What's going on? You're gaining like two pounds a week. Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. what are you eating? I've told you what to eat. It should be fine. And um, he's like, yeah, everything's okay. I was like, are you sure? So we went back and forth a couple of times. He says, yeah, but I do eat the occasional uh, chocolate and ice cream in before bed. I was like, oh, and, says, and I have some beer on the weekends. I was like, so wait a second. <laughs> he's eating everything I told him to. And on top of that, chocolate and beer. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I think we found a reason why. Oh, yeah. That adds up first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think just following the plan and uh, getting people to I, – I think one thing, too, is like from the start, I try and make sure people know, like, I would rather have you tell me, yeah. you know what, Chris, I effed up, I did this, I went off the plan, I binged for this day, versus not tell me, and all of a sudden we're on a, with a weight loss client, they're up five pounds that they're checking. Like, oh, I did everything you said on the plan. Like, well, it's not possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's not possible. You're up five pounds, so you did something off the plan, you know? Yeah. In, in terms of those occasions, you said that they might not know they're doing it. In terms of those occasions, because that happens a lot, like, how do, yeah. you, how do you deal with that? How do, how do you get to the bottom of that? Um, and I just try and troubleshoot just by asking them, you know, what they've been doing. Or yeah. one thing that I've done that, that Alex has kind of turned me on to was, uh, like, having people take pictures. Yeah. So, like, take a picture of each meal and send it to me so I can see how you're eating and maybe you're putting something on it that isn't on the plan that you don't think is calories or maybe you could have someone putting butter on, on their toast or whatever every day that they're not supposed to be having butter, you know, and they don't really know that, Hey, I'm not supposed to have the butter, but, and then you see that and you pull it, you know, so the, the pictures helps. That also helps with cardio. Yeah. Some people are like, Oh, I'm doing all the cardio. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Take a picture of the, the treadmill before and after, you know, like, let me, let me see. That you're actually doing it and then all of a sudden they're losing weight you know? yeah i mean the crazy thing is the, the research shows that most people pretty much everyone including you and me if we're not really accustomed to it we will eat more than we think we're eating and we'll exercise less than we think we're exercising if you see what i mean so that the research yeah. is pretty clear on that so it's not it's not just for the obese gen pop it's for everyone we for all everybody, yeah we all, unless we're you know really meticulously we're in the habit of doing things you know so yeah mm. um the next one we've got is uh, this was this was actually from I think some of these are from Instagram now. Um, funny bodybuilding and or coaching related stories. Well, the, the Eric story is probably the, the, the orange juice is a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. 
I like that. Try, <laughs> I like try the funniest one that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. And uh, I've got a question that says, who is your favorite actress? Um, Carrie Washington. So Carrie a lot of people might not even know who she is. So she, I'm going to look her up. <laughs> she was in Scandal, um, which is actually a really good show. It's Yes, it's kind of a chick flick show, but I, I really liked it. <laughs> and, uh, okay. Yeah, no, I could, she, I could, I could see the appeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was just in a show with uh, Reese Witherspoon, um, yeah. Little Fires Everywhere. It's on Hulu, I think. And um, that, that was a really good show, too. But I, I, I really like her. She's got a lot of charisma. Um, I think she did an awesome job with Scandal. And then to see her in this new show and, and just the difference in the roles, it's really impressive. Nice. And um, what is your favorite Netflix series? Maybe, maybe currently and of all time. I don't know. Um, most recently would be Ozark. Yeah, it's good. Um, and that that's probably both too. That's probably all uh, all time. I mean, that's as far as just the Netflix series. My favorite series overall is probably Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's good. Um, I I didn't get into that until later on. And then I literally watched every season, every episode inside of 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I went on a complete binge. I got, <laughs> I went to work and I got home and I, I just binged it until I, fell asleep. <laughs> it's I was a great like, show. <laughs> yeah. It's and a I, good I, show. I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, have you seen uh, altered carbon on uh, Netflix? No, I, I heard it's really good though. Well, the first season was really good and it had a real 80s vibe to it. It kind of reminded me of Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Second season, it's the same thing, but they've changed the main actor. The, the actor who plays oh, really? the, the lead guy, it's complete. It's pop, but that's part of the story. Part of the story yeah. is that it's, it's like the whole thing is like the, your body changes, but your mind is the same. And like, so they've got a different actor to play. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as good, but season one was amazing. So yeah, yeah definitely. Recommend that. It was really good. And, um, Let's see. I've got a question here. So I think this is from Alex. You might you might make sense of it. Nate Spear, Boston, Nick Walker, and a random black guy placed them. <laughs> if we're all at our best, <laughs> yeah. I think the random black guy is just a joke on uh, on Boston because Boston always likes to say uh, that win and this and that and gotcha, right. to work and you know. What I mean? <laughs> but uh, and, and you never know. You have that random dude that can show up sometimes and just smoke everyone. Right. Um, if everyone was at their best, I don't know. I think Nick has the size to compete as a top pro right now. Yeah, so he does. He's huge. It depends what you like for physique. I mean, we he got beat last year, and and I deservedly thought that um, he he should have got beat. I mean, I I had Zach winning too, and I just think Zach has a more complete, polished physique. He's tremendous. Absolutely yeah. tremendous, yeah. I just I, maybe it's because he's similar height and stuff too, myself. So I kind of like his look. Um, but if <laughs> if we were all at our best, I mean, I would have myself winning because <laughs> because I want to win. But uh, I think it would be you know myself, uh, Nick, Nate, random black guy, and then Boston at last. I don't think Boston yeah. belongs in that group. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I, I want to get um, your your thoughts on another sort of controversy recently. I know this is not on the plan, but are you aware of what's going on with Eddie Hall and uh, Thor with the five hundred one? Yeah, yeah, I've been following it. Uh, 
right. I wanted to get your thoughts on it because so so to get to, I'm sure everyone's up to speed on it who would listen to this podcast. But basically, Thor pulled 501, beating Eddie's record. Now it was done in his home gym. However, it was certified as official, yeah. which which is cool. And Strongman has hasn't really got one officiating body there's multiple officiating bodies but so if one of them says it's official then basically we have to say it's official uh, yeah. but eddie had some beef about that said it wasn't official now that now they're having a fight so yeah now they're gonna fight so they're gonna <laughs> million dollars to fight each other <laughs> i just i don't see that <laughs> lasting very long <laughs> neither do i <laughs> fire out and just hug each other I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on the record attempt anyway um it was awesome to watch. Yeah, I, mean, I watched it. My my kids watched it, and it was funny because my my oldest son James was like, "He's that's five hundred pounds." I'm like, "No, no, 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 that's five hundred kilograms." I said yeah. that it's over eleven hundred pounds, but he's yeah. like, really whoa. But uh, just to watch it, that was that was awesome. Um, but I don't think it should be a record, honestly. I just if it's not in a competition, I don't think it should be a record. Uh, yeah, the world's kind of on hold right now. It sucks, but. Nobody else is getting to go do competitions in their house. You know what I mean? It's really impressive. And I'm a half Thor fan. I think he's awesome. I absolutely loved him in uh, Game of Thrones as the mountain. I thought that was like the coolest character. And yeah, it would be. He's, yeah, he's a savage. I mean, he's just a beast, you know. Um, and I, I like Eddie Hall. And I think he has a good point about it. And I, and I understand his frustration because, like, when he set the record, he broke that by, like, what, 30 kilograms? Huge, yeah. Something insane. And at the time, it was just mind-boggling yeah. because it was so far ahead of anyone else. And he also almost died when he did it. I mean, you watch his video, and he's down for like two, three minutes after. And it, it was just so impressive watching him pull that. And everything that he put into setting that record and making that record and doing it in a competition, I completely understand him being pissed off that somebody else is breaking his record at their home gym. So the analogy I gave to um, a bodybuilder friend of mine was he's cause he, he said, look, it's the weights lifted. It's, it's a deadlift. But then I said, it's kind of like saying, well, what if we didn't do bodybuilding competitions, but we just had people post their posing routines, kind of like Kai Green recently did. And yeah. we, we judged them like that. It's like, that's not the same. I mean, you might, no. you can kind of account for the lighting, but it's still not the same. You know? No. And it, the thing is like, it, it could have been at a certain event and in the competition or there could have been certain things before that. You know what I mean? That's all he had to do that, that day. Yep. He had his whole day. He had the months leading up to it since he knew he was going to do it at home to plan for it and prep for it in a specific way to do it at home versus in a competition. Plus you get the nerves of a competition. Do I think he could have done it in a competition? Yeah. yeah. After seeing him do it, yeah. I think he can pull 520. Yeah, I think so. I think he could have pulled 510 on the day. I think he would yeah. eventually pull 520, definitely, without a doubt. Um, I, yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I, it's a shame that it wasn't in a competition. He can definitely do it. However, yeah. I think one of, one of um, people detracting on Eddie's point said that when Eddie pulled his 500, he used the bar. He was training with the custom bar. Um, and so the same bar that they use at the competition. But then... That's that's generally what people do anyway. Like I know, because yeah. I've competed in strongman in England, yeah. uh, and what will what they'll do is they'll put out the list of 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 events like relatively soon before the competition. It gives you a chance yeah. to do some training on, and so your training is generally specified for that. So like a competition bodybuilder would do a prep for however long. 
that's basically what you do. Your off season is all just getting general, stronger general. And then when they release the events, that's you train. And if you can get access to the actual equipment that they're going to use, then great, use that equipment. So it's really no different. So yeah, I, I, as much as, as much as I just want to see heavyweight go up and it was a fantastic lift. I got a side of Eddie on this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it was good because it got a lot of people that are in, we don't have, I mean, we don't have sports right now. We don't have anything, you know? So it was cool to see ESPN cover that. And it was fun to watch, but I just don't think it should count as a record. I mean, it's a a world record. Like I said, that that Eddie Hall busted his ass to get to. And I certainly think Thor can absolutely destroy it eventually in a competition until he does that. It just, it will kind of have this like asterisk next to it. I feel like, you know, well, th- well, this is it. I mean, if nobody comes close to pulling that, including Thor in an official competition for the next five years, there's going to be question marks over that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's going to have to, he's going to have to pull at least like five ten in a competition. To Absolutely. Yeah. But like I said, I really think he can pull five twenty. Like, yeah. I think he'll, he'll be able to do that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, then that went up when he pulled that what was, what was the first warm up he did? Was it four twenty or four thirty? <laughs> something crazy you, you, i thought it was like 135 coming off the floor you know it was yeah, like, yeah. Insane. It was like, i uh i worked in with uh, a friend of mine tom martin he's a he's a very big deadlifter um and powerlifter from england i was working in with him and i was pulling like 200 for sets and reps and he was yeah. pulling 300 for sets and reps <laughs> just it's just insane to, to yeah. watch these guys you know because his, his best his best deadlift i think is something like 440 or something he's a he's a 110 kilo lifter um wow. It's, he's basically England's best ever powerlifter that we've produced like by the yeah. numbers um, tremendous lifter um, but yeah just, just training with these guys and watching them handle the types of weights which are maximum for me and which are just what works for them is insane yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> right so yeah I think we've covered all the questions and, and a few extra um, alright I guess we'll call it there well, this is anything else we've got to talk about. I'm happy to, to carry. I've got time to go. Well, I had a couple from uh, from Mike. Mike had a couple of good ones. Yeah, go for it. Um, the questions he had, he had asked. Uh, uh, for one, I think one was like how I balance, you know, family life and work and bodybuilding. That's, um, a, good, that's a good question because you've got how many? Three kids, right? Yeah, I have three kids now. Three yeah, kids. We, just, yep. we have a two-month-old who's the size of like a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, and you and you've got a, you've got a full time job and you coach as well so that's a yeah lot, yeah it's a lot going on. Uh, normally I work I work twelve days on two days off in my regular job so it's it's a lot and then coaching and bodybuilding. Um, the way I balance it honestly is, is my wife. My wife is like a lifesaver. Um, she makes every single meal for me. Uh, <clears throat> when we put the kids to bed because I go to bed generally early, I get up at two most days for work. Um, so I'll try and put like my son Colt in the bed and then she'll put the baby to bed, but then she'll go downstairs and like prep my meals for the next day. Um, so it's, it's a huge help there. And then just the biggest thing is the food, having the food with me wherever I go so that I'm not missing meals. And then if something happens at work, I'm not missing a meal if I'm late, you know what I mean? And uh, just trying to keep things as efficient as possible with training. I don't want to be in the gym for two, three hours anymore. Um, and now trying to, I've basically been training at home the last week or so because I have a, a bar now and I get plenty of plates and I get a rack and adjustable bench. So I've been doing everything here. And it's been awesome because I don't have to go anywhere. So I'm not, I'm saving that drive time, even if it's only 20 minutes. 
um, saving that time. So I have more time with the, my wife and the kids and uh, just having everyone, I think on the same page. So like my wife supports what I'm doing. Um, so she knows what I have to do and the schedule I have to keep, but also recognizing what she does, especially on today, like mother's day um, and making sure she knows how much she's appreciated and I uh, love for it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's it really just being efficient with time and getting help from the people around you and making sure they support you. The, the worst thing is when you have people in your life that don't support your goals or kind of shoot you down, you know, yeah. it's yeah. going to throw you off. And In terms of those two days that you got off, um, would you do anything special on those days to, or is it just a case of just trying to spend more time with family? I try and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's uh right now it's nice. Cause I have so I'm, it's nice and it's not, I'm losing money, but it's, uh, I have every weekend off right now because the way work is we had to lay a bunch of people off and cut down roots. So I'm only working Monday through Friday, <laughs> but uh, it's nice to have the weekends now because I get more time with the, my wife and the kids. So it's, it's been actually really good lately. And uh, I do eventually want to cut down to just doing um, every other Sunday and then doing my Monday to Friday route. So I have more time at home. But yeah, I think th those two days we try and plan like normally Saturday, my wife works. Um, so like that Saturday that I'm off is like boys day. And my kids know that. So it's like the day we get together and do whatever, plan something together, just the boys. So that's always something to look forward to. And then Sunday, just doing something as a family, trying to get some time in at home or like now as the weather is getting nice, like going for a hike or just playing in the yard, going for a bike ride with the kids, you know. Um, I, I agree with your point about efficiency. I think, you know, meal prep is it's just really, really important. And if you can get, if you can get your meal set up for the day, that level of efficiency is, is fantastic. I've got, um, I've got the second podcast with, uh, Brandon out now, um, yeah. Brandon, the cruise, and he talks a lot about prepping when he's working. So he's out on the road. He travels quite a lot. And yeah. a lot, a large part of what he said was that he does a very regimented approach to bodybuilding, which is quite, it was quite refreshing to hear that because I thought the similarities between yourself and Nate and Michael all do very regimented preps because not only are you high level bodybuilders, but you're also very busy people. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think that's, it's so important to get it, get it all prepped because for his clients, he can offer the, the chance of them to be a bit more flexible, but for himself, cause he's just so busy, it's all laid out. And I think that's really great. Yeah. That's another question for you actually on off the back of that. What kind of things do you do to help yourself relax? Cause you work a lot. Do you do any kind of like, I want to, I don't want to say meditation, but you know what I mean? Any times where you're kind of calming your mind a little bit, I don't know if it's actual meditation, but I mean, I do try and give myself like alone time um, yeah. to just kind of think and relax, um, kind of unwind. Even even now, like doing fasted cardio, I mean, I'll try and take like five five minutes after, yeah. and like whether I'm stretching or whatever after, and just kind of relax my mind before I start the day at work or the weekend. I'm just I'm home, but uh, trying to plan a little time for myself where it's away from the kids and that just, I can clear my head and kind of regroup, regroup or focus. That seems to be a very common theme with a lot of people that I know, uh, high level people that I know who work a lot is that they'll suddenly start the day with a little bit of me time. Yeah. And no matter what that is. I mean, I know it's very big in England right now is a lot of coaches are stressing like gratitude logs and stuff like that. And while I think the specifics can be a little bit contrived, if 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 it nets the effect of you know personal time me time 
thinking time. Yeah. I think I think that's good. Yeah, I think it works. I actually do a lot of that. Uh, I, I kind of log it in my head. Like it's weird. I mean, in the mornings, my mind goes like a million miles an hour. So when I first start work and the first couple of hours of work, I mean, I'm thinking about everything imaginable. And one thing I try and do is think about a lot of the positive things and the things that I'm grateful for and I have gratitude for in, in my life. And um, just because it's I'm, I'm in a truck by myself, it's just me and doing my job. It's it's a time that I can do that, you know. Yeah, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah. Well, off that, off the back of that, actually, just one more question: um, Do you do anything for active recovery, like massages or anything like that? So I, I tried Graston for a while. I was doing that, and I just think the therapist I was using was like, I think there's a point where it's too much, it's too deep, okay. you know, um, and you can actually cause trauma and injury to the muscle. If uh, if Karen Garrett was was out here, she's in Vegas, but she comes back here sometimes. Whenever she's here, I'll go see her. She's awesome. Like she she does literally everything imaginable. Um, so you, if you have like an imbalance, like I have a little issue with my hips, and I remember I wanted to see her, and like she and I had an issue at the time with my shoulder and my pec. I went in for one session with her, and everything was fixed. I mean, you feel better when you leave the session, and I think that's how it's supposed to be. Like. With, with the grass and depending on who does it too. I mean, she does some grass and work, but it, she showed me how it's supposed to be done. And it's much lighter going through the muscle. Um, but before when I was doing it, I mean, I would feel like debilitated, you know, it was like yep. causing more damage, I think. And uh, so I'm trying to find someone that at least can do some massage therapy yep. locally. It's, it's hard to find someone that can work with bodybuilders and kind of understands what we're looking for. Yeah, my, my masseuse, she's very good at that. She's a gen pop masseuse, but she's worked with a lot of bodybuilders, so she kind of understands yeah. the requirements, and she's quite happy to mold her requirements based on what I need, so that it, it is very valuable to have one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not seen it for a while because of the whole of lockdown, so yeah. it's a shame. And you said there was, a, there was another, couple of, another question? Yeah, so another, another good one Mike had was um, how long I plan to compete for. Yeah. How much longer I plan to compete for. Um, and honestly, that's kind of, it depends. I mean, if you ask Alex, probably three years. <laughs> but um, maybe I can convince him to do a little longer. But, I mean, the way I look at it, probably around five years, depending on how I do, how my health is. Um, the goal is to turn pro and compete as a pro. And, um, I mean, my ultimate goal is I, I want to make it to the Olympia once. Um, I really don't care what I do with the Olympia. I mean, if I go and get yeah. 16 points, I don't care. That's my goal. I want to qualify and make it there. That'd be amazing. Um, and I, I think five years is I have a lot of time to improve and get better and hopefully do that as long as I don't get injured and uh, just keep doing what I'm doing, chipping away and getting better each year. Uh, but I don't want to be doing this when I'm 45, 50 years old. Uh, my kids are going to be getting older and I just, at that point, I want to downsize and I'm big into golf and I don't golf anymore. I haven't golfed for years because I honestly can barely swing now. <laughs> so I want to downsize and uh, get back into golf, playing playing sports with my kids and just being more active with my family and enjoying that time and uh, not trying to be huge forever, you know. I remember the conversation that I had with Alex about you and about how long you'd be competing for. I thought that was what – I remember what he said. He said that he'd – I think his, his, his idea was about three years, but he said that essentially it was just as long as you could stay healthy. And yeah. it'll, it'll get to the point where there's perhaps a tipping point of age versus health where it's not yeah. worth pushing 
anymore. So at that stage, it's while it might still be enjoyable, it's probably time to just hang up the books just for longevity. Yeah, that, that's the big thing. I mean, if I'm if I'm like 38 and maybe not where I want to be, and I haven't succeeded to the level that I want to at that point, maybe it's time then. You know, like why push it then? But if I'm 38 and say we've won a couple of shows or something and doing really well and can still get better, yeah. you know, might go till 40, 41, something like that, you know, but yeah. kind of play it by year. And, and obviously health. I mean, I, I get my blood work done every like three or four months anyway. So yeah. staying on top of that and just making sure health is good. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, Alex had a very refreshing uh, point of view on that. And I thought it kind of showed how much he cares about you as a friend. And, you know, he was saying he's, he's not prepared to, to coach you to the point where it's going gonna, it's gonna to put you at risk. And I thought that was, yeah, that was exactly. really good. Yeah. No, it's a big thing for me, too. That's one of the things that, you know, I, I respect about Alex because it's not – I mean, you get a lot of coaches that are just going to push someone until, until they can, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think part of that is just who he is. And another part, obviously, is, you know, the friendship we have. And, um, and he can be honest with me, and I'm, I'm going to take his advice, you know. It's worked so far, so yeah, yeah. I think that was it for uh, for Mike's questions and stuff too. That was pretty much all I had. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming back on uh, a second time, and I'd like to get you back on again. I thought we had a really good chat. So uh, yeah, thank no, you very much, Chris. Yeah, thanks a lot, I appreciate it. Nice one. Have a good day. <laughs>